and okay. we're live. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, so, Anthony Zenhauser, welcome back to the show. Um, very happy to speak with you, as always. Um, yeah. And uh-huh. uh, you're one of our favorite people to have on the show. Uh, oh, you're one of the stop. only comedians we allow on anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, so you Let's change that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you yeah. won't be coming back. It won't be a our decision kind of thing. But, <laughs> but uh, wait till you hear how anti-Semitic I'm about to get. <laughs> um, That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. So you suggested, so before we get going with this, I would like to know what was your, I know we talked about an, another subculture last time you were on the show and I assume mm-hmm. that had something to do with your decision to do this idea for the show. What was your, uh, Genesis, so to speak for this? Well, actually, idea? I forgot about that. I, what happened was I just watched the, the sex pistols documentary. Oh. Or whatever biop biopic they oh, did on, right. on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've been watching a lot of young ones. I've been watching a lot of early '80s uh, British television, and the the one thing that they have in common is like Thatcher and some sort of cultural revolution going on. Yeah, well, it's actually <laughs> funny because you suggested a topic, uh, punk and Thatcher, but Thatcher was really post-punk. Yeah, I mean she was. Yeah, in a way, she was education secretary from seventy in seventy six. So like, she was a a figure. There was like, a, she was a hate figure, right? Uh, because they they withdrew free milk in schools in in the seventies at some point, and she was education secretary, and they called her Maggie Thatcher Milk Snatcher, and that was her <laughs> that was her. Uh, original claim to notoriety there's like a vaguely blowjob joke in there somewhere yeah (laughs) (laughs) well she was apparently like i mean i was only a child so i i didn't find her sexy but apparently people did interesting yeah yeah she's she's a she's an england eight (laughs) (laughs) i don't think she was good looking but i mean like i mean man if if she told you to Eat a box, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, a little you milky. Kind of, I kind of get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. madam. Yes, madam, or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to go to the fucking. Uh, I don't want to like get a fucking uh, go to jail because I made her feel uncomfortable yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, she would have took it. Now nah, she believe me. If you knew Thatcher, she would have been like, "Oh, I'm just. I appreciate your initiative, young man. Go for yeah. it." But, yeah, but well, I mean, also, I- but before we get started with that, I wanted to say I also saw the crown recently and the crown it would show the changing of the prime ministers throughout the years and correct me if i'm wrong will but in the late 70s was a very liberal time socialistically speaking for like well, the um the labor party was in this charge, is a, this they? is a really interesting thing about this is that the kind of i mean i know scott's going to come for this from like the american music industry angle but that there was kind of a I think more so than with modern rockers, this really was. A, I mean, I this was my youth. I remember this, and, and like um, there really was a social. It was a social movement, for sure. But obviously, these things, yeah, it's like a, a COVID doesn't have to have been fake for it to have been hijacked by the, you know, deep state or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I uh, what you're saying. Uh, um, so I mean, I, I 
punk in England, at least, was, wasn't really fake, but it was definitely manipulated, if you know what I mean. Mm. I mean, um, but yeah, it was kind of a right-wing movement. If you look at like guys like John Lydon and how, you know, people... You know, like anarchism is a right-wing thing now. It's pretty much accepted that there's a that it's a right-wing. It can be a right-wing stance, and guys like him. I mean, that uh, like people fucking bitch about lefties bitch about John Lydon now and say, oh, yeah, he's, he's he's changed, but he hasn't. He's still. I mean, he was one of the great. He was a great cultural figure and a great like performer, a writer, a great fucking rock vocalist that emerged from this. And yeah, right. he, the band he was in was fucking fake, put together by Giga Spook Malcolm McLaren. But he was still, <laughs> he was still undeniable. Like, this is one of the things I've done for this, is listening to the Sex Pistols again. Holy shit, they were good. Yeah, that's, that's true. That first they record were, was very excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like. The, the lyrics, the vocal performance, and the They have the a actual... song about abortion in it. Like, it's just yeah, like, that's still exactly. relevant. It's a relevant d discussion t today. Like, yeah, I think it's uh, number two. It's <laughs> number it, two on the album. It is, yeah, right yeah. But... Uh, and the talking points are all, like, what we're talking about now. Fuck this and fuck that. Fucking all the fucking fucking blacks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, I mean, and that was genuinely that record really pushed my buttons. But obviously, it was when I was a bit older, my balls had dropped, and I was like angry about stuff. Nothing like that. Right? Yeah. One album. So, one album was like a cultural. I mean, I mean yeah. That's all they had. It's yeah. crazy, and they have a lineage more and than then other it was just a load of albums. Yeah, it was one album, and then a load of merch. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Like, that's what I was. The, that's also why I picked this topic because it. It's, you always it, pick the best topics. You really oh, do. You thanks, pick buddy. stuff that gets in among. You think, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Then you get start looking at it, and you go, "I'm getting angry now." Or, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like where you you again where where we were talking about last time, and and especially um, uh, Scott was was explaining how it was it was a way to manipulate people like it was a way to it was a way to the cut the, the the service and i mean the um the clothing industry the fashion industry mm. and, I mean, and the of record course, industry yeah big business yeah to to manipulate people and this is again another manipulation by thinking they're sure. giving you freedom and 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 said there's like really no way like if you're a punk you had to kind of live your life by a certain guideline criteria the same way you would do with any sort of tr like uh you know gimmick or whatever you want to call you know yeah. what have you labeled yourself as a young person the young people are the best to grab sure and like and nobody does that better than homosexual groomers of a certain <laughs> ethnic origin <laughs> welcome to the stage malcolm mclaren <laughs> yeah dude what like, a guy so this is a good thing that comes up and like these documentaries that you listen to or watch about this Right, they they skate over the most obvious facts of this, like so, like like they'll say that punk. I listened to a thing with Janet Street Potter, which is pretty contemporary. I think it was from seventy seven or seventy eight, 
and and uh, she said, "Oh yeah, punks are famously anti-sex, aren't they? Right? Uh, so it's anti-sex, it's anti-fashion, and where do, where does the Sex Pistols emanate from? A shop called, called Sex, where they sell bondage gear. Where it's a fashion, it's a fashion boutique, right? So like, it, it's I'm not saying punk was fake, but I'm saying Malcolm McLaren subverted it and right. make, it, it used I, I, it to sell sex, perversion, and fucking clothes. Clothes. It was, it was definitely fabricated. Yeah, for sure. And also, I mean, like I mean, the the like the whole. Um, the media circus around the band, the Sex Pistols, not the band itself, but you know them going on the BBC and saying the "fuck" on it, show, yeah. and saying "fuck" you on dirty it, dirty fucking rotter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like that was like you know they they clearly. I mean, like I th- thought here's another this, thing. Sorry, I, here's another thing they miss off in this, right? Yeah, they, they, they all these documentaries talk about that Bill Grundy show interview. But they miss off the part where they where they're t- saying that Jimmy Savile is a pedophile. Yes, I, I recall that. Yeah, yeah which Johnny Lydon said. But they just say, "Oh no, Steve, who drank a bottle of Blue Nun and told Bill Grundy to fuck off." <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, not for nothing. Like that was like clearly that was something that like they organized with the show ahead of time. Like they don't that wasn't like what I don't believe that wasn't live, was it? Yeah. Oh, it was live. Okay. But I'm sure, by the way, they were like, wouldn't it be fucking cheeky if we made it like uh, we, you know, we said a naughty word on air and then we could be like, oh, we totally didn't want you to do this. And it's just like this big, you know, every fucking tabloid in, in England made a fucking thing about it the next day. The show, like everybody remembers the Bill Grundy show for that, not for the show itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're clearly no, a publicity I mean, I, stunt. Well, maybe. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks like way. Am I like now. sailing you sand is not real right now? Because like it's not at all. But then Scott, I think you'd have to also say that this the the band was not formed the way they said they were. Like they're the clink. Like either it was a perfect storm of just the right people meeting at the right time. To I make thought the, the story right was Malcolm McLaren saw four guys outside and was like. You're per- perfect to be in my back. No, he was looking. He was looking for. He was scouting for talent. He was grooming. Yeah, young people and runaways was, and yeah, and shit. Basically, like they. But it's like a boy band, though. It was constructed, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just with people off the street. Right. That's what, what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Is the way yeah. Steve well, Jones, like Steve, Steve Jones, apparently. As the story goes, he just kind of picked up the guitar as, as soon as they after they started the band. But Sid Vicious never learned how to play. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, 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 how can you not be able to play bass? Yeah. Dude? Well, <laughs> on that level, too, really. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, it's not guitar. like he's doing like Getty Lee like solos and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not slapping, guitar. expecting to be well, sla- well, doing well. slap bass and shit. What I'm saying is that it was. It seemed Flea. like the right people got together at the right time. Then, like Johnny Rodden Definitely. was a guy who never performed apparently, but he was he was like weird and writing certain lyrics, and he was very anti-establishment. Yeah, or well, he had a career confused. after that, so obviously Dude, he, still he fucking, is. he's still yeah. absolute Chad. Oh. And that music yeah, is but the that's worst, what I'm saying. Though. He had staying powers. So even if he his humble beginnings was being a part of a fucking spook psyop, like he yeah. clearly had staying power at any rate. Uh, and minute, he wait, ranks back, up with Morrissey that. as my top two favorite British performers. Yeah, he, I mean his his 
He's the, definitely the greatest British rock vocalist. Morrissey. Well, I wouldn't call him a rock vocalist. I, don't think I guess it's I pop. Mean, like, yeah. All right. Fine. Scream, whatever. Yeah. That sort of scream singing ethic. You know what I mean? Nobody does that like Johnny Rotten. Uh, Ian yeah. Stewart no, Donaldson has my vote, frankly. Okay. <laughs> but wasn't Pill? But wasn't Pill very like when he when he formed his other band that he's I guess apparently is still going strong. Yeah. Right. And it's not. It sounds nothing like what people love about John. I Brock. like the hit that he had. I think it, <laughs> from that band. rise and, yeah, and uh, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I, my my nephew's been been to a couple of their shows, and he says they're absolutely shit hot. They're right. shit hot. Is that good? Yeah. They're oh, yeah. Okay. They're hot shit. Yeah. You just like think, when you cross yeah, when you cross the prime meridian or whatever it is to yeah. go Things over across backwards. the Atlantic, yeah, you just no specifically hot shit and shit hot invert. Yeah, <laughs> I just know, hot shit is never pleasant. True. In my well, opinion. that's that's a matter of perspective, my friend. Well, I'm on the right show. <laughs> I mean, you know, say you know, under a glass table is a nice perspective you could take. Right, right. Well, you're getting that Japanese account. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough. Um, Scatological. Yes. Well, we should explain, but Malcolm McLaren. So, yes, the story behind the Sex Pistols is that the origin, the the myth, the founding myth of it is that Malcolm McLaren assembled the. uh, But we should talk about who Malcolm McLaren is. Malcolm McLaren. Shall I just smash the early right? Smash the early life on on him, please, please. Okay, hang on. Uh, Malcolm. We did our homework. Yeah. I I mean, it's it's wild, dude. I'll read it. Hang on. I don't know, I've got it. Here he used to manage the New York Dolls, didn't he? He not? did, yes, he but did, this, yes. let's talk about his early years, which is, so, you can go uh, if you want. Early yeah. years, here we go. McLaren was born on the 22nd of January 1946 in an apartment. It's a flat, mate, at 47, blah, 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 Stoke New in East London, to Peter McLaren, a London, a Londoner of Scottish extraction. Drunk. Who drunk. Was at the, at the time, serving with the Royal Engineers and Emily Isaacs, <laughs> the daughter of the tailor Nick Isaacs and the independently wealthy Rose Corey Isaacs, whose father had been a Portuguese Sephardic Jewish diamond dealer. Oh, <laughs> this is where Scott, this is where Scott's senses go crazy. Yeah, but this is, no, but this is really, I mean, whether it's nature or nurture, mate, it's all coming here. McLaren's parents divorced when he was two after Peter McLaren left the family home due to his wife's serial infidelity. Uh-oh. McLaren later alleged that her lovers a included... Jap. Well, I guess a Jap. Yeah. Jewish English princess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's, on the, she's on the job. Her lovers included the Selfridges magnate, Sir Charles Claw, and Sir Isaac Wolfson, owner Ooh. of the retail giant Universal Stores. Subsequently, McLaren was raised by his grandmother, Rose, who lived in the house next door at 49 Carrisfoot Road with her husband and instructed ah. the child early in life that to be bad is good because good is simply boring. True. In September 51, when McLaren was A Jewish was five woman told him that, old. by the way. A Jewish woman yeah. <laughs> told him to be bad is good because to be good is boring. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she said money, money, money. <laughs> That's what I heard, yeah. In September 1951, 
when McLaren was five years old, his mother married Martin Edwards, a rag trade entrepreneur. She's got a type. Together, they operated the women's wear wholesale business, Eve Edwards, with a factory at 107 Whitechapel High Street in London's East End. At his stepfather's insistence, McLaren and his brother Stuart adopted the surname Edwards. Okay. Oh, uh, but, I was uh, home educated as well. So that's why he's a weirdo. Okay. Well, regardless, <laughs> I was just going to say more importantly, uh, when he was older, when he was in, when he was 20 years old, he, um, he, uh, got involved with the, uh, the, a group called King Mob, which is a off branch of the Situationist International Organization, which is an international mm-hmm. socialist, actually anarchist. Um, right. Uh, um, that is Bolshevik. Nah, more no, importantly, kind of anarchist, anarchist libertarian. Yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. But thing. more importantly, okay. but more importantly, the founder of this, the guy's name is Guy Debord. He's from Paris, France, um, and he was part of the uh, you know like the da- pseudo Dadaist, like weird. Yeah, all this like, shit was financed by the CIA. Bingo. So it turns episodes. out Guy Debord was a fucking CIA asset, and was yeah. um, was basically the whole point of this was to like create fake, um, fake and real um controlled leftist terrorist uh, uh you know um threats uh yeah. and they did a bunch of like fake fakey like uh you know demonstrations and like they're basically like you know nowadays they have that um that fucking uh extinction rebellion or whatever yeah, where like yeah, that, yeah, just yeah, the yeah. other day they threw a, they threw soup at a fucking um at uh, uh van gogh painting Ooh. in london right. did you see this on the news dude i I didn't realize they'd thrown soup at it. Dude, like, were, were they wearing shoes? They were wearing <laughs> shoes, yes. You're right, yeah. Wow. So, th- th- I think I mean, this this is a false flag by the Australian <laughs> intelligence, I think. It, it, I think so, yeah. <laughs> but aren't they, aren't they, so they were kind of initiated by the CIA to set the set these little small fires that could keep these people in business? Could, yeah, precisely like, kind of thing, yes. Yeah. And also, they're, they're, more importantly, the CIA, and like, this is, this is, old hat for conspiracy people of course but for those not initiated they did things not you old motherfucker hat. new listeners no i'm just saying i'm um, saying oh, oh, carry on with your old conspiracy theories educate me on <laughs> but i mean like the cia does shit like in specifically in the 60s they they funded a lot of art shit and and then they mm-hmm. had them push certain ideas like the sexual yeah, liberation I, I for instance they they actually funded miss magazine uh which is which was uh gloria steinem's uh you know feminist like the feminist publication they basically feminism is a product of the cia essentially like right (laughs) it's not even by the way this is not a secret either yeah but i mean like so it's like that it's not that they created feminism or created they amplified they amplified yeah they took it they bought it yes and it's like so um by the way these are also the guys behind the the uh uh prohibition and oh, yeah. yeah, the suffrage movement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all that stuff. So yeah, go ahead. But they bought it the same way they bought um, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the, the, something happens. It's like, well, it, it, a movement it, occur, uh, occurs. Then they they buy it, they cripple it, and make sure that it can't break away from the narrative. Yeah, and they like put it in a gilded cage. So like, you know what I mean? And that th- that pushes CIA propaganda. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's what the situation uh, international was. And fucking Malcolm McLaren, um, young 
uh, young, uh, idealistic leftist Jew that he was, um, fucking uh, got scooped up by these people and basically fucking, I, in my opinion, and now there's no definitive proof of this, anything, he sort of pushed this, like, new paradigm of, like, the um, Frankfurt School, uh, like, sexual liberation shit that is very, indi- that is very um, associated with the yeah, punk and- movement, you know? Uh, and what's interesting about it is this is them buying the the movement. So it, it's not that punk was fake; it was that it was hijacked. It was all these kids were sick of this Rod Stewart style sex sells kind of you know overtly sexy culture. They were like, "Fuck off, mate." Yeah, this we is the seventies, so everyone's doing coke. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like big hair. You know, right. like Elton John's. Was like, yes, was like the biggest band. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I can remember Rod, even as a kid, right? So Rod, this was the it, Rod Stewart of this era was so cringe. It was unbelievable. It wasn't until I was older and I discovered the faces and how great they were. But it's not the same example is like say like the way that the 60s youth in the late 60s were rebelling against like sinatra and dean martin and those guys you know well like that's the, the secret hegelian dialectics basically they the the thing is that sinatra he's literally in a fucking movie about mk ultra the manchurian candidate <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> Hegel, hegelian dialectic it's a, a thesis brian may Antithesis, <laughs> yes. Anita Dobson. Synthesis, a uh, tranny. Transe- transsexual in Estee Lauder commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, but so basically they control both sides. When you when, you see, when you control both sides, you always come out on top, Anthony. Right. So they had the, right. their hands on fucking Sinatra, and then they also had their hands on the hippie movement. Um, yeah. I don't know if we discussed it too, too much in our last episode that we did about the mods and the rockers, but in the CIA has their fucking fingerprints all over the 60s hippie movement. Um, there's this place, the the Laurel, there's a whole book by this guy named Dave McGowan. He's mysteriously died right after making this book, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and his uh, he has all the receipts of all the connections between, uh, did you know, for instance, Jim Morrison's father was the commanding officer on the ship that was attacked during the Gulf of Tonkin incident? No way. Uh, yes way. <laughs> <laughs> They were talking to him since he was in in univer in a university. I remember him being in college, and they were already grooming him. Evidently, yeah. But anyway, so but the thing is, like this happens all the time, and doesn't always take off. You know, they they've got the, the they. It's like you said, they're backing everything. Yes. So well, the, look at Tekazinski. Yeah. yeah. Literally, I mean, he's a product of MKUltra too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, there's no even speculation on yeah. that. <laughs> but he kind of knew he was, and he got he. He, he like he outgamed them. Him, he's like too. Yeah. He's like I'm too smart for you, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a dangerous combination when you try to brainwash a dangerous mind. Also, you know, considering that his background was, he was like totally like nihilistic against everything. Like, yeah, he was numb. He was a numb dude. And they're like, hey, let's make, let's make a maniac. I, I think that made that experience is what made him made him somewhat nihilistic. Actually, <laughs> right. Yeah, you, I mean, and it would, wouldn't it? They mess him, They were messing with a great mind there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you read his manifesto. It's like, yeah, show me the lie, dude. Amen. Where's, where's yeah, this guy crazy. wrong? <laughs> um. Anyway, though, uh, so but he Kaczynski claims that that for everything they did, they couldn't break him. 
Yeah. Oh, actually, I think that's according to his case notes. Like they after the Unabomber uh, arrest. Yeah. Uh, the CIA was like, oh, yeah, we do have shit of him. Like, here's the yeah. here's like the information. And he was an obstinate guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> obstinate is the word. Yeah. For sure. yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, we all have those feelings. Don't we? I mean, maybe I'm giving too much away. Here. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking everyone's like me. But Every like, week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just building a case on you, dude. <laughs> Um, you guys, did you guys make your bunkers yet? By the but way, but anyway, so so I was. So, yeah. Let me just say, for, for my part of the research, one well, my part of the research, I why I okay. So I didn't under. I actually didn't realize you you had really Anthony. You had specifically f- set, intended to uh, focus on the uh, British punk scene, obviously. Um, right. I but I so I just I'm an old school punk guy. That was like my identity as a kid. You know what I mean? I think right, all I three of us honestly probably were. But that's the thing. Go. We're all from fucking three different eras. Uh, even albeit like not that not that far apart. But we're all were punks when we were young. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I personally was not. No, I'll you weren't. Okay. You, I thought it was. I thought it was gay. I really did. I kind of <laughs> like it more now. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just find it very like it's just the, the right place at the right time moments are so unbelievable like the, the 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 impact the way it's just like like a tidal wave it's like everything that everybody needed but they didn't know they needed well you missed yeah, the sign I mean, then <laughs> I, I listened to a, like a, a a documentary about it about the origins of it which was like a three hour long thing uh, and uh, so the the kind of social movement, the the genuine grassroots movement of it, came from the fact that everybody was unemployed and like so right. it, because from the nineteen fifties onwards, all the the it was they're kind of trying to get back to it now, you know where you've got just got these giant corporations and the government and really there's nothing you can do about it. You have to take the job you're given uh, and but it was. The state, it was a, it was more of a left wing type setup over right. left wing type setup where they, they were uh, so what I mean, it, a bit less fascist and a bit more socialist than what we've got now, uh, economically. In that every business over a certain size became the property of the government in the UK. So you, you it was basically there was no free market competition, your employer could be as shit as as a tractor factory in Minsk and it still wouldn't go out of business. You know, it just get more government money. Uh, your right. wages were decided by your union, which you had to be a member of sitting down with the relevant government minister and the management of the company and deciding what everybody's wages were going to be. There was absolutely no, th- this kind of ultimate democratization of, of everything results in people having absolutely no power at all. It's like, you know, you, you own your share of the public toilets, but it doesn't stop them stinking of piss, you know? Uh, and, uh, and these were the first generation of kids that had gone entirely through this school system that was getting them ready for that. And they didn't fucking like it. And added to that, you've got the, it's the same. I mean, I, I worked in the brewing industry and it's the same thing. Anything where it's like a quasi monopoly or a, what is it where it's not just one business, but it's a oligarchy type Con- thing. Conglomerate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever it is. Like, so, for instance, if you go into a, it's not just, not exactly the same now, but basically, if you go 
into a bar in England, the, and it's definitely this way in Ireland, by the way, still, if you go into a bar, your choice, the choice of beers that's put in front of you is decided by a, a stroke of the pen in a boardroom somewhere. In, in, if it's in England, it's in Burton-on-Trent, in, in some big brewery boardroom. They own the rights to sell beer in these pubs and they divvy them up between each other and, and that's it. That's your, that's your choice, right? And that was it was kind of like that across the board. And, and in music... Obviously, it's like you got the major record labels. They decide who's going to be the next big thing, and, mm -hmm. and it's got nothing to do with these. That so I can't remember one of the one of the acts was saying uh, a, a quote that I heard was, oh, "I don't know, maybe if it ended up being like that, we'd have just written songs about kissing girls or something, you know." But you know, it's, it was all songs that were just about kissing girls and these people wanted to so anyway the origins of it were pub rock i don't know if, did you get into that scott i didn't look into any of that because it's frankly boring and gay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not i the worst because i'm i know a anthony you're a bit of a the worst type of file an anglophile um yeah, but <laughs> i i don't share those sentiments it seems to be a theme going, an ongoing theme when I'm on the show. I just kind of pull out of, uh, I, I go to the, I go to the Brits. Yeah, listen, yeah. no, that's your yeah, fucking, that's your, that's your jam, dude. I'm, just, I, nobody I, does history yeah. like them, man. They fucking love it. They, the documentaries in England are like the best documentaries. Well, man. It's, it's very like, self-serving. I think there's a quote. Um, there's a quote that I've posted a meme of several times before, but um, it's like a. a Dante or somebody like the the Dante's Inferno guy. Uh, sure. He he wrote like a a thing that he in in one of his writings he wrote that he heard from a diplomat that the English love themselves and they act as if they're the only people on earth. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was published in his second uh divine comedy called Dante's Returno. Yeah. <laughs> the divine British comedy. Yeah, but yeah, um, I I honestly didn't look into it too the, too too much, frankly, because I didn't. First of all, didn't realize that you had, had taken that angle in the first place. But also, I figured that William would clearly I mean, he do, he's done really more a, than enough research on that aspect of it. Uh, it. It was it was like it wasn't a social movement in the United States the way it was. I mean, like so. In a way, it had its roots there. No, it absolutely it. isn't. No, mu it was a musical movement in the United States. It was not. Yeah. It, it was not a social movement. I would. I would go so far. I wouldn't say hardcore was a social movement, uh, and that's yeah. later. Um, but uh, yes, Anthony, you were going to say something. No, no, no. You were about to say something. No, 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 no. Oh, you're just exhaling from drinking whiskey. I see. Yeah. I'm just fat. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just breathing heavy. Um, but no, I did look, but you're right. It is, it, it wasn't a social movement here. It's, it's like a musical movement. And, um, and, but interestingly, all of the connections, uh, sorry, all of the, the, um, the major players in the American punk rock music scene are mm -hmm. fucking glowing like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Like absolute fucking CIA. Like guys, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's a British one as well. We could do the early life on Joe Strummer if you yeah, like. Yeah, I look pleased. Well, let's let's wild. hear the, let's hear the scoop on him. Well, let me so pull. Joe, I'll, re I'll read it. I'll pull it up. Well, I'll tell you something right about while you're pulling it up. Yes, Joe Str 
so I was there, right? I, I've got first-hand experience of this shit. For anyone my, doesn't my, know, Joe Strummer from The Clash. From The Clash, yeah. Joe Strummer right. and Mick Jones was The Clash. Right. Now, me, oh, none of my mates really liked The Clash, and neither did I. But they I love The Clash, music. They stunk of being Taurus. I like the Sandinista stuff after they stopped being a punk band. Yeah, I like when they were doing reggae yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Great. But, like, that's post-punk. They weren't. They the clash with the f- just stunk of being fake even more than the Sex Pistols did. Uh, and I they agree were kind with of that. Uh, uh, and do you want me to read it? Do you want me to read his early was, life? It's juicy and delicious. Yeah, go on, go on. Go on. Okay. Great, Strummer right? was born John Graham Meller in Ankara, Turkey. Yeah. On twenty first August, nineteen fifty two, the son of a Scottish Dr. mother. Kasbah. True. A uh, son of a Scottish mother and uh, an English father. His mother, Anna Mackenzie, was the daughter of a crofter and was born in Rage and Boner Bridge. Boner Bridge. Uh, <laughs> uh, she later became a nurse. Oh, you are awful, but I like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not really much on her. She just seems like a lady. Um, yeah. But his father... Ronald Ralph Meller, MBE, which for those yeah. n- not initiated is the most excellent order of the British Empire, yeah. <laughs> was born in the Indian city of Lucknow due to his own father's job as a railway official official in India. And which became- is, by the way, is a se- the scene of uh, the Rudyard Kipling novel, Kim. Okay. is set largely in Lucknow. Um, it's also, a new, it's also a new Tarpanesh. A bridge too Which, hard. A bridge yeah. too hard. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Well, that, the reason I mentioned that is that Kim is a spy novel. Oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and became a clerical officer who attained the rank of second secretary in the Foreign <laughs> Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> through his father, Strummer had an Armenian great grandfather and a German Jewish great grandmother. <laughs> but don't they all? I mean, I don't yeah. think. I think it's. It always goes back to the Jews, like any sort of influential celebrity, musician, artist. Chill, dude. Yeah. You want to lose oh, your fucking banking privileges? Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Look at Charlie Chaplin, yeah. another Jew. Yeah, and he, he popularized that mustache. I would say Hitler was tricked by Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, <laughs> it's having a, You got tricked by this wily Jews yet again. Weird. Isn't it weird how that mustache still hasn't caught on again? And it was so We're bringing it back, dude. Actually, I can't really grow hair there, so I really can't. Yeah, I'm the fucked. Hash, the yeah. hash. That's how, that's how much you I'll, believe I'll it was six time. million, dude. Yes, it's you six million and one, baby. <laughs> hey, what's over there? What's over there? What's over there? Um, what's six it called? Six million. Come on. Come on. <laughs> With these in this economy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, your favorite. Uh, fucking, uh, anyway, um, what, anyway, what was it? Jew sigh up. Yeah, 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 anyway. No, no, no. I, where was I? At the, uh, let's, uh, the, all Jewishness aside, so, his fucking his dad's a spook, life. though. He's a fucking spook. Yeah. His the, dad's a spy. Yeah. At the age of nine, Strummer and his 10 year old brother, David, began boarding at the city of London, city of London Freemen's School. Uh Um, and rarely saw their parents during the next seven years. He later said at the age of nine, I had to say goodbye to them because they went to abroad. They went abroad to Africa or something. Uh, What year would this be? Oh, the sixties, I guess. Okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Organizing some fucking coup. 
you know. <laughs> and his boarding school fees were paid for by the government, right? So this is a very also, expensive... Also, wait a minute. He says he was into the occult. Uh, <laughs> bunch yeah, of I mean, like, that's kind of a standard boarding school dickhead boy uh, thing to do. It's also England. But isn't, but isn't it also just a beautiful, like what we've accommodated to the, to this, to, to, to modern day, we've been all, they've just been looking for the, the perfect distraction. Yeah. It's always been the perfect distraction they can try to find. So people don't know all the crazy shit that they're doing behind the scenes. And now we got it. Finally got it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think this is the, this is the beginning of the end. It's the total apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that. But yeah, I mean, Str- Strummer is at this expensive boarding school. Well, let me school. refinish the quote there. So they went abroad to yeah. Africa or something. I went to boarding school and saw them only once a year after that. The government paid for me to see my parents once a year. I was yeah. left on my, I was I was left on my own and went to the school where th- thick rich people sent their thick rich kids. Another perk of my father's job. It was a job with a lot of perks. Weird. Yeah. Why would you someone say that? Yeah. <laughs> All the fees were paid for by the government. Yeah. So Mr. Anti-Establishment, Mr. Pro-Left-Wing in fucking Nicaragua. It, and by the way, what in any documentary where his life is mentioned, oh, it starts, there's nothing's ever mentioned before. He was living in a squat in Camberwell, right? And like, yeah, he just left, <laughs> he, he left his government-funded full-time education and then he, wait, and lived bro, in a he also a went to the Central the School of Art and Design. Yeah. Paid yeah, for exactly, by yeah. the government as well. Yeah. So, yeah, like, but also, I mean, so it's like he went to RISD, family. basically. England RISD. He, he's, he's bought and paid for. He's, whether he knows it or not, he's an agent. And like, did, to this day, the entire media just keeps quiet about the fact that he was a rich kid. Yeah, well, it blows Southern the whole mystique. Yeah, it's like all these ju- all these journalists that are getting outed for being fucking billionaires well, and stuff. It's- because it ruins the punk mystique. Yeah. You, know, the, you know, it's got to be street and you got to be orphans. I and, tell like, you, mate, you know. us kids could smell it on him, mate. He was fucking fake. Well, you know what makes a great, you know, it's a great uh, accompaniment, 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 whatever. Accompaniment, yeah. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> a little drunk yeah, dude. Um, the young ones in the early '80s was great at satirizing yeah. the movement, you know, the 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 kids. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. Rick was a character. He was an anarchist, but he was like the sophist. Yeah. You know, he was all about. You know, he was he was writing to his MP when he needed help, but he's yeah, an yeah. anarchist. You know, and yeah, yeah, and and that's the from the writing of Ben Elton, like it was just them satirizing the kids are united. We will never be divided. You know, yeah. they're relaunching Ben Elton, by the way, now. They're relaunching, the relaunching Ben Elton now <laughs> the in, in popular culture. I've, I saw I've saw his picture on the cover of a magazine. He's like he literally looks like that cartoon of the merchant now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another influential Jewish yeah, man. Ben Elton back in the news. <laughs> Someone screenshot that, please. By the way, <laughs> but yeah, by the way. Uh, I mean, you're right. The, the, merchant. the what they call it, the um, the jolly merchant, the, the jolly merchant, dude. <laughs> the, jolly. <laughs> the fucking jolly merchant. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, the young ones was great, and like you say, that was really. So when that came out, I was 
in my early teens, I would say. And, and then you've got... So that was... The punk movement was still kind of... It just be so punk music scene had stopped, right? But there was still that. I mean, that you're you're right, Anthony. That that was part of the reason I identified as a punk was because of the young ones, and that didn't come out until after punk had so the music scene. But you know, there was plenty of punk music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just bar bands. Yeah, well, it was like if you look at the there's that first documentary I sent you, Scott, where it focuses on like the Manchester scene. Yeah, of it. Uh, like so, like the Buzzcocks were the biggest act to come out of that. Right, great band, was, by the way. Yeah, and we we mm-hmm. always talk about John Cooper Clark on the th- on the show. He he was he used to tour with the Buzzcocks. He was open for them with poems. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, and like uh, so, yeah, the the that was a totally different thing from the Sex Pistols type punk. They were the they were kind of much more legit and obviously in London that was going on as well, but it was, they were playing in pubs and stuff and they mm-hmm. didn't, and most of them didn't get record deals. I mean, far too many of them did. There was some well, the thing with, I think shit. the thing with the Manchester scene, wasn't it rough trade records, which is funny because it's about gay sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they, uh, they fucking, it was like the first independent label ever in England. You know what I mean? And that, that yeah. was allowed to become a fucking billionaire. The guy was, beca- I guess Virgin Records was also around that time too. But this yeah. was like an indie label though. They didn't, he didn't try to become Richard Branson. He tried to become a mail order fucking punk rock. I think the Smiths, started off, the Smiths started off on rough they trade. Did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, I've heard everyone who fucking was anybody in in the in the yeah. post punk th- post punk thing, fucking Joy Division, and then therefore fucking uh, what's it called? Uh, New, uh, New Order, New Order. Uh, Depeche Mode, I think, was even on Rough Trade. Uh, just every we fucking. Look it up. I, who cares? <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no fact checking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, look, the, the, what do, you, do you think there's a parallel, Scott, between the punk movement in the United States and the punk well, movement I, in, in Britain? Musically, I, I think one definitely the American. Well, here's the thing. I would say that and this is the person that I focused on the most, which was I when I thought this was just a general history of punk episode. I I read a book which is about both scenes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called "Please Kill Me: The uh, uh, The Oral History of Punk Rock for People Who Are Actually There." I think it's called, and I have it somewhere. I was actually gonna get the book to like show on the camera, but I can't fucking find it for whatever reason. But um, it's comprised completely of uh, just interviews. So it says like, you know, like Andy Warhol big block of text of something he said, you know, uh, fucking Lou Reed, you know, like, uh, Sid Vicious, you know, uh, yeah. fucking all these people and their interviews that were compiled from the seventies until like when they wrote the book in like 1990 or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of fucking firsthand fucking references in it. Uh, that is, uh, that is fucking excellent. And so, um, and so I would say that the punk scene, the music, the idea of punk rock, the music in the early 70s with the Velvet Underground mm-hmm. and stuff uh, was um, it also really comes out of the late 60s, too, uh, which is when the uh, the Andy Warhol, the Andy Warhol scene basically was like the birth of punk. It was like hippies, but they're like 
hippies who wear tight clothes and have like like wear sunglasses and like have sh- short black hair you know what i mean they're not like yeah, they're sure. not the fucking flower people they're not like you know san francisco types um and oh, they, yeah they, they had a character like that in forrest gump didn't they who was like shouting at people at the yeah protest thing yeah 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 that, that's that exact uh, abby hoffman is the guy you're talking about yeah um but uh yeah anyway regardless so Evil hippies. Evil. They're all evil. That's the secret. But anyway, so the hippie movement too is also like again I, that that uh, that weird scenes inside the canyon, um, it, like basically the entire '60s countercultural movement is like kind of a construction to like funnel people into being like safe liberal. You know, and the punk Mm -hmm. scene was very much the very same thing. Really, they flirt with even more uh, aggressive political stuff like anarchism. We're about anarchism. Um, But at the end of the day, all the like the people that came out of it musically, um, they end Mm -hmm. up being fucking center left, like voting Democrat type people. You know what I mean? But this is because the way Buster Poindexter. (laughs) Perfect example. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is interesting, right? Because there's like this sort of two different tracks of punk, right? One of them is a transatlantic phenomenon where it's coming from the United States to England. Okay, right. and the Ramones played sort of, at the Roundhouse, and the Sex, sex Pistols in the Clash well, were in the audience. The Roundhouse. Did I say something? There's, there's two ways. Right? Yeah. Number one is the birth of the pub rock scene was. It was kicked off by an American band called called Eggs Over Easy, who were draft dodgers in the sixties. Based, and they they spawned pub rock because they wanted to play their instruments while were they were like a uh, Nugget style psychedelic rock band. They they kind of sound like Credence. Okay, interesting type of thing. Yeah, uh, uh, and they 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 basically wanted to play gigs, but they didn't have. And they had a massive repertoire. They could play anything. They were a good band, a great pub band. And they would just go, they wanted to earn some money by playing music. So they went around pubs, which in those days, pubs were just places where blokes went to get away from their wives. And Isn't that still dominoes. what they are? So, yeah, but I mean, like, it, it, there was no band playing. I got what you're there's saying. There's no, no band playing, no music, no food, no nothing. It was just somewhere to sit and play dominoes and talk to your mates. Uh, and uh, or talk to anyone who come in or not um, more popularly and better still not talk at all just st- sit inside yeah, I was going to say like drunk. I'm bummed out if there's like a guy playing guitar at a bar not that I drink yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. but like if, if me. it no, fucking pisses me. me it's not what I'm here for yeah Especially so, if it's like a folk a folk band, like Irish music or something. You're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I get yeah, more. So, here it's like Aerosmith, uh, like, you know, Boston type music. You know what I mean? And it mm-hmm. sucks. It sucks yeah. really bad. But th- these guys opened up the English pubs to to having bands on in London, right? Uh, and, and that sort of brought in acts like Ian Jory came from the pub rock scene. And so did, it was fucking excellent, by the way. I love it in jury. Uh, and Dr. Feelgood, right, the two sort of success stories that re- really came out of that scene. But it was, it, it, by the time Punk kicked off, it was loads of pubs in London were having these massive gigs that were fucking packed every weekend, right? And they could make money doing it. And so lots of people started doing it. And that was, those, it was those venues that the sort of indigenous punk 
shit started happening. And in the north, it would have been more in working men's clubs and stuff like that. It basically grim drinking holes where they did put entertainment on. Well, the and, same thing in, in New York City in the Lower West Side and the Lower East Side. They had Cafe Wa, but it was technically a cafe. It was, yeah. you know, it was they, these were like coffee houses that all of a sudden CBGBs, places like that came out, mm-hmm. which was a, a Max's proper Max's Kansas bar. City. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Mercury Lounge. Like, I mean, it's just the things that were just, they were proper bars. bars and then yeah. they caught on where they would have a band come in. But then the the other strand of it is that like the more commercial record industry side of it, which is where, you know, Malcolm McLaren, for instance, he sees all this. He he's he's a gay man in London, a gay sexual predator in London. <laughs> he was gay. Yeah, of course, he's gay. Uh, uh, he he's a gay. Well, sexual I mean, he's predator. from England. I mean, just yeah. do the math here. <laughs> Is he gay? In England, they called him a gay. You're a gay. Yeah, he's a gay. He's a sexual predator. He's in love. I think I honestly, I know for there's a pretty funny anecdote in Please Kill Me about how he went on tour with the uh, with the the New York Dolls, um, and he got um, he got chlamydia from a chick actually. So, uh, but he um, there's there's an anecdote from I don't know one of the people in the New York Dolls, Sylvain Sylvain or whatever. Who's yeah. like? I was like, oh, it was so funny to see uh, Malcolm lie to Vivian on the phone, like in a long distance call about how he's never been better, and like, meanwhile, he'd yeah. been on the toilet all morning, miserable, pissing like fire <laughs> out of his dick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he yeah, probably which, was just like, you know, he's like a fucking, um, he's like a fucking cosmopolitan, like half a fag, like fucks whatever moves because he's a, p- a fucking predator. <laughs> He's yeah. like, you know, like yeah. fucking um, who, like yeah, uh, about, uh, Anthony like, Weiner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th- yeah. So this guy, the New York Dolls comes come over to London and nobody likes them except him. And he goes back to, to uh, New York to be their manager. Right. right? I mean, they're definitely a punk band. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and he sure. makes a big fucking pile of steamy shit out of managing them comes back and creates his own New York Dolls. Well, they broke England. up. They also broke up after under his management. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was an absolute insufferable asshole. To be fair, like, fuck Buster Poindexter. Honestly, the only guy with any talent was Johnny Thunders, and then he went on to just basically die of heroin because he was, yeah. like, talented <laughs> and, like, was one of those tortured artist types, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so it, the, then you've got this... this uh, other transatlantic angle is this Malcolm McLaren angle of making it commercial. He was he was about making money and changing culture. He, well, then, wanted, to, he wanted it to be. He wasn't happy with it. He, he wasn't about it just being a pub culture for young William, people to have for themselves. Let me tell you it why had that to is. be something that you could put a fucking label on and that could be owned by a record company. Let me tell you why is because in America. Um, this project, this pu- this punk movement, air quotes, was no movement at all. It continually, yeah. they kept buying fucking uh, uh, record labels like Elektra, 
uh, which had seen like massive success with bands like The Doors and stuff, had, yeah. they kept buying contracts for bands that did no fucking record sales at all, like yeah. the New York Dolls, like fucking Iggy and the Stooges, like the MC5, like, uh, by the way, all spooks, all fucking spooks, these people. MC5 was... Um, well, a record kick- contract's like a book deal or whatever, isn't it? It's a great way of laundering money. Precisely. And also, and they, they, they kept just hoping it would take, and there's all this money's getting shoveled into these, like, like the, you know what the, what the fucking MC5 were getting up to, dude? They were a part yeah. of the White Panther Party, right, um, yeah, and yeah. John Sinclair, this guy who's very clearly FBI, um, who uh, organized bombings of, like, bomb, anti-Vietnam bombings, anti-Vietnam draft bombings, never served a fucking day of, of time for it, but then he takes two, or sorry, he gives two joints to G. Gordon Liddy, and the entire music industry has this fucking huge um, uh, benefit where fucking Joan Baez, John Lennon, and Yoko, and fucking Bob Dylan go and, and, and fucking do this, this nobody, this fucking random guy who's doing bombings? It's yeah. very clearly COINTELPRO, like... <laughs> um, I mean, it's all... The- there's another, I mean, I watched a documentary about a documentary about the the Sex Pistols one and only tour of right. the United States. Yeah, yeah. And what a complete fucking Nobody fuck came. Up that was. Yeah. Nobody came. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> well, Be- they didn't go to they didn't go to any of the major centers, did they? Except so they finished. Well, I mean, it was like they went they to, go to uh, New York. They went to New York yeah. eventually, but. No, that, that is, they Sid never went, went to, to New, New York. York. Yeah, no, Sid went to New York and overdosed on the plane on the way there. But they, they just they went to Atlanta, Dallas, San Francisco, sort of like sort of like B places. They never went to LA yeah, and they never sure. went to New York. So, and they places where they would have been probably accepted a lot better. Yeah, yeah I'm but, sure people were dying to see them in New York. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently, like it was. I mean, it was fucky. The whole th- that whole tour was fucky, and that was why, uh, basically, uh, Warner Brothers, who they were signed to by that point, stole the band off Malcolm while they were on tour. It basically wouldn't let. He suddenly right, realized yeah. when he got there, he was like, "Oh shit, I, I'm not in charge anymore." And the and. Uh, they Warner Brothers, to- by the way, who I believe uh, was had just been had just bought <laughs> the very same Electra Records that launched fucking yeah. uh, Jim well, Morrison's. It, it's basically Wayne's World Two, you know, where that like they say oh, we want to keep the singer, but we, we've got to get rid of the rest of the band, the, the garage band. They saw, yeah, yeah, that and, and so, but Warner Brothers basically split them up. They they took they took uh, John Lydon. They they isolated him. No, they uh, the Warner Brothers offered him loads of money to be to do a solo career thing. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and uh, the rest of the band split up. I mean, they all, I think they all hated Malcolm. <laughs> how can you, how can you like that guy? Yeah. Well, it, well, they originally kicked out the original bass player, Glenn Matlock. Yeah. Glenn Matlock, and then they eventually they squeezed out. Lydon, didn't they? No, he, it was Warner Brothers d- tempting away, and he he was sick of it. He got fucking, and he was so annoyed with all the fake publicity stunts. I, I do think that that the 
Because I mean, Leiden says says it, and I'll be, I'll believe Leiden that the Bill Grundy thing was legit. Okay. But then McLaren got addicted to that, and he he was sure. every single week okay, was yeah. setting trying to set up another one. Of well, those. yeah. Well, who the fuck? That was what really pissed. Who's Leiden to off say too. that McLaren wasn't in on the fucking Bill Grundy bit, and then the, none of the band were? Yeah. Or where Steve found? How come Steve found a bottle of Blue Nun? Great po- right. Great question. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and in all fairness, Grundy, just Grundy was into- egging them on. It wasn't like they were like being belligerent. Yeah, on yeah, their own, it, it they was were a- kind of being steered in the conversation. And he was like, "Go ahead, say another bad word." He was just like, "No, he was just annoyed that they were on his show. He didn't want to talk to." Them. And that that was a genuine thing. Like the, the yeah, you can see it in that brass tax documentary uh, that's on that's on YouTube. That's really good because it's from 1977. So. It's right, like yeah. contemporary. It's almost like a. I mean, it's not. It's not a first-hand account because it's through the media lens. But the right. sort of the general attitude of people to it that they were able to find a lot of people who really fucking hated it. Well, and it okay, was so let's so let's bring it to this thing. The, the the how it caught on so crazy. Like it was a real thing to kids. I mean, Scott, you were a punk. Oh yeah, sure. You were, you were, it was a real thing But I thing was to reacting kids. to the media, just like William was, uh, he was, I was reacting to like the media depiction of punk to be yeah. like, that's cool. I want to be like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, what I'm saying is it, it's, it's, it seemed to have been a situation where kids who felt they were left out of normal society or they were kind of weirdos right had a new place but what did they do with that what did they do with that they conformed they, they, oh, right, yeah. they conformed you into being a center left air quotes anarchist sure. but really just support you know pee pee yeah. and poo poo cutting your dick off um uh you know uh voting uh, voting liberal <laughs> and like here's, here's an interesting thing that's just occurred to me right so you've got like I, I, it was a real thing in England. putting your pee pee and poo poo i mean it was yeah, a real they, social oh. movement, but same as like skinheads. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So like skin skinheads was just as it came before punk. Right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, and it it was basically the same thing for the same reasons, but it never really got co-opted by. It wasn't desi- deemed desirable to become a major thing. Well, there it, was rock against was, communism, William. Rock against communism was a CIA thing, um, I believe, or it may have maybe British intelligence as well. But regardless, it was like they were steering. Um, they were steering uh, like the safe right wing. Uh, yeah. uh, skinhead punk bands into doing a thing being like, oh, mate, I, I communism. And it's typical, you know, like fucking. Yeah, I mean, skinhead wasn't, was no more right wing than punk in its English version. It was a different thing. Oh, it's I'm talking about from it. like European skinheads. Sure. European skinheads are fascists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. English <laughs> ones weren't. Right. I mean, some of them were. Oh, like, yeah. You know, not all fashion. It's like there's a, a big Venn diagram there, but it wasn't like a, it. I don't know. Like all I'm saying is that like this the skinhead thing took off to the level that punk would have done had it been. Left I think the alone, skinhead thing is I mean. like a is like a is like a evolution of like the fucking rockers type thing. You know what I mean? Like the. Or maybe even yeah. mods. Maybe even it's, mods. It's, yeah. it's, it's more mod. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely. It, and, and and so then you got like this Sham sixty nine thing, which were skinheads adopted that, right? Uh, and uh, uh, which was part of punk. I mean, it's almost inseparable, really, from from punk. It's the same. 
It's the same yeah, underlying was... sort of angst that, that fueled them both. But, what, but all I'm saying feel... is that, that yeah. Skinhead didn't become the mainstream global phenomenon. It didn't have a no, sex pistols. I think it, pro- it, probably because, I mean, who really runs the media and they don't want to get anything that's even adjacent to Nazi stuff? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> even well, if it well, isn't explicitly it not, they don't want to even play with but it. I, right, but I don't think punk specifically stood for hate the same way that skinheads did. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the, there was there was a question of they want they want to eradicate the the problems in England, and the and punks were like, oh, we all got to get like, we all got to get along, you know, in a certain way. You know, we're I, all in this together. I think that's kind of an ex post facto kind of thing with the where the people project onto skinheads. I actually I agree I with so, you, yeah. William. I agree with you, William, that that it wasn't re- like that. It is actually your, the European brand I mean, of skinheads that is. That I is mean, the so, so the skinheads thing, oh, it never really took off the way that that punk did. Never really died out either. And so, like all through my youth, do you'd see skinheads and the skinhead gig. I've been to a skinhead concert recently, and it, it's. It, <laughs> Wait, in the last ten years, and it's oh, like, I thought you meant like last night. No, but it's like it. It was just a screwdriver. It was. It, 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 it was a. Scott a, recommended a band. A, a racist friend of a friend. Okay. Took, took me to see this this band. That's a good arm's uh, length. But I mean, they, this person is Eastern European, and they're they're proper Nazi skinheads, right? Okay. Right. Uh, and uh, the, uh, so. She's racist. She's like, she would tell you, yeah, I'm a Nazi, right? And yet, you see a Poe going around with a mixed, a racially mixed crowd. What I'm saying is yeah. right through my adolescence, anything to do with skinheads, there's always a, there's always a black kid in the group or, or whatever. Really? It's, oh, yeah. It's much more class than race orientated in Britain. Okay, in Britain. Gotcha, 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 uh, uh, gotcha. It's definitely a class thing rather than a race thing, and that than a race thing, yeah. But in Europe, it's totally different. Obviously, yeah. They because they, they have no class. <laughs> boom, <laughs> boom. And on that note, no. But I mean, like, I get it, man. I totally understand. But Thatcher then moving in. Let's go into the eighties now, right? So, so punk is now in a fashion sense and a cultural sense progressing down the down the lane. Yeah, well, let's the talk about let's itself. talk about uh, let's talk about Henry Rollins. Let's talk about Ian Mackay. Both arch spooks, by the way. Um, Henry, <laughs> I love this show. You always learn something new about yeah. your people. So fucking Henry Rollins, actual name Henry Garfield, actual actual name Henry Garfinkel. Henry oh, Garfield <laughs> loves lasagna, hates Mondays. Yeah, he hates bagels on Mondays. <laughs> Tell me why. I hate Mondays. Uh, but I mean, no. like, the, hello the Mondays, so, my old friend. That like, the, this is the other thing with like the Sex Pistols walk this line of of being good at too good at music to be punk, too good at writing and singing to be pu- real punk. But th- then you get into this. Like Boomtown Rats thing, and they say, "Oh, yeah, we're going to say that's <laughs> punk. We're going to say the Stranglers are punk. The Stranglers are a Doors tribute band, for Christ's sake." Yeah, yeah that's stuff. True. I don't know. I don't know what you guys lost the script in England with that fucking yeah. shit. I don't know why they were calling that kind I of stuff. I do love Golden punk. Brown though; it's a great song. <laughs> um, I mean, I like the Stranglers. I was into. Oh, yeah, them they have some good tunes. Sure. Looking at oh, the beaches, the... walking on the beaches, man. I'm sucker. I'm a sucker for keyboards, dude. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a great. I mean, you know. But anyway, it, Henry it Henry Rollins. So Henry Garfield. Um, he uh, AKA. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's his name. Um, but uh, he uh, he went to the Bullis Academy. Uh, which is where in Washington D.C. people uh, in the intelligence agency send their kids, um, right. <laughs> um, and then uh, he just fell in. Weird, it's so weird that he just randomly fell in in the most popular um, band in the hardcore scene, Black Flag, which is internationally known at the time. Um, he just, but you know, it's just weird that he just popped in there. Oh, and his best friend, um, Ian Mackay. Um, uh, was uh, from Minor Threat you may be familiar with. Um, well, mm-hmm. his family is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. His father worked for the Washington Post and mm-hmm. was in the fucking JFK motorcade in Dallas. Wow. <laughs> wow. And not just that, get this, his his paternal grandmother was in the Cosmopolitan Club, which is the club started by... Um, FDR's wife, fucking um, what's her name, Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt, um, and it's like a think literal ladies think tank, progressive think tank. His grandmother was in. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is a spook. Can um, you imagine anything worse than a ladies think tank? Really though. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to mention Henry Rollins' father. Actually, his father is an economist for a think tank in in Washington D.C. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also he was in, he was in Navy intelligence. That's right. Yeah. That's why he went to that Academy is because his father was in Navy intelligence. These guys are spooks. Mm. And then also not just that, but when, uh, Henry was 20 years old, this used to be on Wikipedia. It's recently been taken off. Um, but when he was 20 years old, he had an apartment shared, uh, with another guy who was in the punk scene who was mysteriously murdered, um, at three in the morning. Um, and, uh, he was the only witness and no charges were made because he testified to the cops. A black guy did it. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Mr. Libtard, Henry Rollins was like, a black guy did it. I didn't shoot my friend. (laughs) And he just got away with it. Probably because he's somebody's son. Because he Seth Rich did, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You think yeah. So, are you accusing? Are you accusing Henry I mean, that's Ra- Rollins of murder? Fuck that's it, yes. Little... Come at me, Henry Rollins. You're fucking gay <laughs> and ugly, and you're a fucking Jew. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's li- Garfinkel. Li- that, by the way, Ooh. is still like right from Leo Frank to Seth Rich. Is, that's the that's all they have to say, isn't it? A black guy did it. Yes, that's basically <laughs> what they're saying about yeah, Seth yeah. Rich, isn't it? Yeah. By the way, also just so you know, um, uh, Henry, his last I mentioned before, his family's last name is Garfinkel. Also, Merrick Garland, our Attorney General, his real last name is Garfinkel as well. He's related. I mean, this. I'm yeah. sorry. There's like there's not that many Jews. It's they're related. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, so so that's just the DC scene, dude. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we what's that guy about, called? Okay. What's that yeah. guy called who goes on the Scott Horton show? The ex CIA guy, old guy, who he, he calls oh. it the instead of the military industrial complex. It's, no, it's not the military. The Mickey Mac, yeah. yeah, it's the Mickey Mac. It's the military industrial congressional media. The, uh, no, because there's an I in it. Uh, in industrial congressional intelligence. Media, media, academia, academia, think tank. But it's got an M in it for media, right? And this yeah. is that. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. part of the Mickey Mac. This is very much part of the Mickey Mac. And also, like, fucking, um, 
Yeah, Ian McKay, what did he do? He created the he actually created what the closest thing I could say to like the American skinhead movement, like the straight edge movement was like a bunch of people who shaved their heads, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, they uh, also it's just like he's the one who oh, he's the one who introduced radical um, fucking um, what do you call it? Vegan politics. Um, he was very much an anarchist leftist, and he was also very much like pro gay. Um, so th- really, he was really a tastemaker in this. He also was the guy. He actually was one of the first labels to um, to produce other records. So he was able to decide who would move on, move up in the right. industry as well. And it's just interesting that, like, you know, this guy who's like his literally American royalty. His his family is like, you know, his dad was in the fucking motorcade. Like, <laughs> like they're they're up there in the media, like. Right. Elite, you know, and it's and the kid they're, they're is just in the inner, they're in the inner sanctum of the swamp, and he's just torn. By the way, all the other kids and all the other kids, they were kids in Minor Threat. Also, their parents were like ambassadors, Congress. One of them's a Congress father's a congressman. Like, <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. Right, but what's the end game with that? To push are the, these to people push, aware of it? Well, are okay. they aware of it? Like in like in um in William was saying in England, there was a growing uh youth sort of rebellion going on and the 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 play here by the CIA is to pick the people who are going to be at the vanguard of it and make sure that those people know that they can't go a certain direction you yeah, know and also also it's it's it's, sort of, it's like buying it it's like why does uh Ben Shapiro exist it's uh, because it's somebody like your ordinary everyday Joe, what pisses him off in life is people trying to make his kids be gay or whatever, right? And so they, 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 <laughs> sure. they Ben Shapiro's there. Ben Shapiro's there. He puts out that what him. is America? What is a woman documentary with Matt Walsh? Yeah. Is it so? He's going to bitch and moan on your behalf, and you, you come across him, you think, yeah, th- I like this guy, and and this guy also happens to reinforce the really important things that you're not allowed to start thinking when you start getting those i am fucking sick of this bullshit thing it's to keep the overton window nice and controlled compressed yeah to make it so that you don't go off the reservation don't you don't have to listen to history homos you can just listen to to uh ben Ben shapiro because ben shapiro is going to say that your kids shouldn't be turned gay either yeah, you know, like that's mm-hmm. or whatever have you, or the history. Right. Uh, the history homos yeah. also think that um, what's something that I one mean, of the few it, things. If his, if his kid comes into his bedroom and tells him that that she's uh, gender queer, he's going to send her right back to her mother's bedroom again, make her explain it to her. <laughs> so you're saying it's kind of like I liked it, uh, creating demons to fight. To I, keep your narrative strong, well, can I can I ask you? Do you really think that Ian Mackay is a is a vilified figure in the American media landscape? No, I'd say that he's probably no. looked up to. And how many fucking gushing gay documentaries about how what magical the punk era was, and you yeah, know yeah, how yeah. and how romantic it was that these scrappy kids that we're not mentioning their parents um, yeah. <laughs> were yeah. able to overcome the odds and make their own independent record label. You know, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Joe's drummer was just this bloke who was living in a flat. In a, yeah. They were in a squat in Camberwell, and they had a band called the One Hundred Oneers, and they were trying to get into the pub rock scene. Mm-hmm. And then, but nothing that 
Nothing ever happened to Joe Strubber before he was in that squat. Yeah, do you want to know this, the Henry right. the Henry Henry Rollins story? Is that he um, he corresponded by letter supposedly with the singer of Black Flag and drove up to New York to meet to see them at uh, Max's Kansas City or some bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. And he because he had corresponded with the singer Des Cadena, he was like, I really love, I really can't wait to hear you. Us play clocked in because as soon as the show ends, I got to jump in the car to drive back to um, to drive back to Washington D.C. so I could clock in at my job at uh, Baskin yeah, right, and Robbins. Right, right, right. Um, and so Des Cadena goes when the show actually happens and he sees Henry Rollins there, he goes, Henry, come up on stage and sing the song for us. And that's how he became the, come on, man, (laughs) get the fuck out of here with this shit. (laughs) You know? Um, And then it's interesting. You know, it's like, there's so many layers to this that, that people don't know because it's just, it's either so subliminal where they just don't want to uh, acknowledge it. Right. Which brings me on. To my last like, person, go ahead. You get your point out first, and then I'll, the, I have the whole thing. Yeah, the, from an English point of view, punk was kind of like a safety valve to stop the, to stop, to sort of control that anger, and, and the, basically, it was like, it was a pretty Thatcherite thing, and that like, you, so your original idea for the show was to talk about punk and Thatcher, but if it like. The Thatcher government was kind of like it was an outgrowth of the punk movement, the actual genuine movement of it, and that was sort of getting it under control. They had to address these problems in education and employment and the economy and the fact that everybody was on the fucking dole and stuff. So they had to like reverse some of their right 1950s policies. They privatized everything. Right, for instance, and they made it so people could get a job, and and the, you, you know, it was easy to be self-employed or or whatever. So like, it's kind of like, oh, we're gonna have to, if we carried on down that sort of uh, crypto-Stalinist nineteen-fifties uh, British economic and social order, something big was gonna blow up, and so like the, this punk thing was kind of like, okay, let's. We're gonna have to ch- we're gonna have to change direction here. Culturally, we'll do it with punk, and then Mrs. Thatcher comes in, seemingly not nothing to do with punk, but with it like with hindsight, you can see is that they've taken on a lot of they're taking a lot on board from what this was. So the, the well, so she just put, provided a perfect foil for it too. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. a, like uh, a face to hate, you know, with those that era. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. A foil. She, yeah, they they hated her, but she was doing what. They were, they were all on the same team. They were teammates, too. They're all teammates. Um, yeah, but she still kind of represented the establishment. Yeah, she had respect Maybe. for it. Although there's, the establishment didn't like her. But, the, like, I mean, we could get... Let's not get too far. Let's do a Thatcher episode but... if you want to talk about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, the other person I wanted to talk about... So, anyway, I mentioned Please Kill Me. And one of the central figures throughout the entire history of specifically the American punk rock movement from all the way back in Andy Warhol um, to uh, the, the late 80s and stuff and the and 
like when like the Ramones were like a household name almost. The one name you see keep popping up is this guy named Danny Fields. Um, real name. Oh yeah. Danny Feinberg, real name. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this guy, he was, uh, I mentioned Electra Records before and The Doors. So I've already established that I believe that The Doors was a constructed thing to guide the fucking the 60s counterculture movement into a nihilistic mm-hmm. zone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the person <laughs> who managed. They used, they used MK Ultra so that Jim Morrison could appear to people in their dreams. It works for me, man. Put on a show. Um, but anyway, so the guy who was the point man for Electra Records with Jim Morrison was Danny Fields. Um, he was also uh, friends with Andy Warhol. So let's just also just take it aside here. Andy Warhol was a CIA asset. Andy Warhol's art was bought by the CIA and promoted as popular with the CIA and to provide um, to actually sort of sway the art critic crowd into thinking that um because i believe that the thinking was in the 60s and 70s the cia was worried that most of the art critic types were left wing so they were worried Mm -hmm. that they were going to start liking soviet shit and be pro-soviet union so what they did was the cia pumped shitloads of money into people like jackson pollock robert maplethorpe um and Andy Warhol to make it uh, to create big business in art and make it look like right. yeah America is awesome which this is where you go for from artistic freedom man um, yeah. and so and then in, in that also it's worth mentioning that fucking Andy Warhol had gay sex with the Shah of Iran who was put there by who the CIA uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Andy Warhol is a CIA asset. Also, on Friday, can I just take on a quick? I, I know we're we didn't go that too far. We're doing good. But um, on Friday, I watched just for shits and giggles. I watched um, uh, Midnight Cowboy, and I like forgot like what a subversive movie it was. Like mm-hmm. it, like you know, um, I brought it up in the chat, and like Mark, who's like an older British guy, was like, "Oh, I love that movie." Um, you know, it's like a coming of age story about friendship, and I'm like, "Yeah, it is," what? but it's also <laughs> about like weird gay sex. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, it was definitely about, and it was, and it was, if I if I remember correctly, he didn't set out to live no, that lifestyle he wanted just, to be straight you want to be like fuck older women I, which is like I, my name's but i've never seen it by the way it's Try kind of an, it's an interesting piece of propaganda i think you'd like it for that aspect yeah. alone because there but there is a scene in it where he goes to andy war there's literally andy warhol people paul morrissey um is in it and like ultraviolet and like all the Edie sedgwick are all in this fucking movie as themselves as andy warhol people and they show this very debaucherous like accurate true to life depiction of what the andy warhol scene was and i thought to myself after the movie was over what a brilliant piece of propaganda this was. Think about how many in flyover country gay kids, like 14-year-old gay kids, saw this movie and were like, wow, that's what New York is like? I'm going to New yeah. York. They yeah. probably single-handedly right, 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 right. created AIDS, dude, with this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, was it released in France? France? I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, I only said that a lot to say of movies are like a lot of movies are like that, though, in the 70s. As oh, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Clockwork yeah. Orange. Sure, yeah. But it's particular. Well, I mean, yeah, that's about MK Ultra too. fucking Clockwork Orange. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what's it called? So 
I said that just to say, so see, fucking Andy Warhol is at the center of some plots is what I'm trying to say here. So Andy Warhol is the connection to, uh, is where we find this guy, Danny Feinberg, um, who is uh, managing fucking uh, the son of the son of the commanding officer in the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Um, He's also... um, so here's the other thing. I remember in this Please Kill Me book, uh, I'm a really big fan, by the way, of Velvet Underground and Lou Reed and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make any Jew jokes. I get it. Um, <laughs> but uh, what's it called? Um, he, I remember in the book reading, he talks about when he was about 19 or 20 years old, he had a nervous breakdown and his parents sent him to a medical, uh, sorry, a, a mental institution Um because they thought he was gay or he was gay. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we got to, pr- we got to get rid of that gayness in you. And they subjected him to chemical shock therapy. Whoa. Um, and I remember reading this uncritically as a kid, when I, when I first read the book being like, Oh yeah. Typical fucking holy rollers trying to get that pray gay, pray the gay away shit, man, how brutal and terrible. And then I thought to myself, Wait a minute. This guy's from Brooklyn. He's not from yeah. evangelical country. This is like well, a plus, very secular New York hospital that did this. Yeah, but this is okay. This using drugs and science to cure. You're, the, you're, it, that's you're picking anti, up what I'm putting down. This is an anti-religion. That's no, like, it's MK so, Ultra. It's mind yeah. control. But it's a, what I'm saying is, like, if his parents were holy rollers. Maybe they'd have prayed for him or gone to fucking sent him to church camp. Well, he was secular Jew, so no, they wouldn't have prayed yeah. for him. But so- they also didn't. <laughs> in fact, after he died, his sister was like, no, my parents had no problem with him being gay at all. Yeah. Like, or any sort of gayness. They're very, they were very forward thinking people. Obviously, they're fucking kikes. Um, but uh, what's it called? But the point is, the is York, that he. Jews fun. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, like, why wouldn't they be? But that's, but that is. An interesting detail that Lou Reed, the guy who spawned the whole, you know, Velvet Underground, the punk image, it's really all based off of Lou Reed. That short, like, haircut, the leather jacket, the sunglasses, the fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that's all based yeah. off of him, and he's a fucking MK Ultra victim. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing is, so, the original drummer of the Velvet Underground is this guy named Angus Mackless, nice Scottish name. Um, and, uh, if you look him up on Wikipedia, the first detail about him is, uh, um, you know, Angus Macklis, occultist musician, photographer. Um, and this guy was involved in, uh, this guy. So he was the original drummer of the Velvet Underground. He ended up having a big fallout with Lou Reed. And afterwards he ended up, um, be getting into the occult. And also, um, he was his son was supposedly the reincarnation of a Tibetan Buddhist saint. (laughs) Well, hear me out though. Remember, do you recall um, what state department issued a uh, paycheck to the Dalai Lama and the Tibetan monks? All right. Okay. The CIA, the fucking Dalai Lama and the Tibetan Buddhists are fucking CIA assets. Sure. (laughs) The, The fucking, it's all connected, dude. Um, Anyway, to fuck with China, right? It was to fuck with China. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Scott, uh, Scott texted me today before the show, and he's like, he's like, my brain almost blew up last <laughs> night. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, like how could how could it possibly be that crazy? It's only punk rock in the yeah. '80s or in the British punk rock. It's like it, it just seems like a bunch of idiots getting lucky. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's all it felt like. And but then this, this Danny has been Danny podcast. Fields guy is too much, it's dude. A, this is what broke me. There's no such thing as a free lunch. It's like you know, it's like yeah, oh, you're right. Bill Gates and uh, yeah, Bill Gates' Bill Gates dad was in the lucky. fucking was in the trilateral commission. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he wasn't. They act like he's just some college kid who came up with the code, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, well, don't you think that? Aren't we gonna let's let's double down? All right, let's say Joe Rogan is a fucking spook. Yeah, he's a obviously. CIA asset. I mean, Mike obviously. Baker comes on his show. He probably after the show goes, Joe. You know, the company is interested in the stuff you're saying, and they want you to yeah. know you can't say certain things. Here's a printout. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened, by the way. Nobody gets a hundred million like dollar me- deal and doesn't have that conversation. I'm sorry. Mediocre comedian becomes the most popular podcast. <laughs> this look at this guy. He's coming for you, Joe Rogan. You're a talentless <laughs> midget, and nobody really <laughs> likes you. You're a fucking like phony. Joe. I'm a big advocate of his. Uh, Fuck him. Story. I'll say yeah. it. In real life. But, but he's a mediocre comedian. I mean, if at best, he's an average comedian. He made people eat bugs. Best. Remember? Remember, do you at see? Best, but it's a guy he adapts. He adapts to what the, the all the points on what a man should do. You know, meanwhile, hunt, he's a midget. Work out. <laughs> take psilocybin. You know, like. Just you know, be bald, become insufferable. Yes, <laughs> be, be a man. You know, don't listen to uh, you know what the government's telling us right now. Yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you gotta you gotta think outside the box. Don't listen to what the government's telling you, or the history of homos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do what I'm Definitely I don't more, listen. I got more fucking. I got more uh, followers in the government. Literally, yeah. though. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, so Danny Field, I got to get this off my chest before I, my, my brain goes full schizo. So, okay. I mentioned before. So also, I got to pause real quick and say that I – so Danny Fields was the guy. So are, you're all familiar with the um, Beatles say they're uh, – John Lennon says the Beatles are bigger than Jesus comment, right. correct? Um, yeah. Now – in in England, I'm I'm not really positive of how much of a splash it had. William, maybe you can lend me some uh, credibility on that. Uh, I don't know. It didn't really have a splash, though, did it? They're godless fucks over there. Holy yeah, shit, I love uh, it. that's godless, kind of what yeah. my uh, takeaway was. But anyway, so they the, what Danny Fields did. Uh, he worked for a magazine called Date Book Magazine, which is like a pop music top forty type type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he. Uh, put on. Uh, he didn't even put it in the cover. He put it in an article. He reprinted quotes from the interview from England. Yeah. That John Lennon had said that the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Um, and this this printing was what caused the spark to it actually having a big impact. Now, right. um, it resulted in record burnings um it resulted in kkk threats um alleged alleged well because also william saw this video that was it's actually a segment from this documentary which i recommend all of you uh kooks like myself to go check out a documentary about danny fields called danny says named after the song by the ramones which is about him uh but uh <laughs> uh, what's it called? So there's an interview with the the, the local news where they're set to perform. Um, uh, interviewed a guy in a fucking clan outfit, except yeah. his face is exposed. 
Right. He's <laughs> wearing he, sunglasses. He looks like one of those guys in the tan pants who goes to pretend to be right wing uh, demonstrators. Dude, he looks like fucking. Um, yeah, yeah. He looks like Hugo Weaving in the Matrix. He looks like Hugo Weaving in the Matrix. He looks like one of the agents of the Matrix. Like right, he's right, like, right. he looks like a spook. Like he looks he like, a, a, like a total like, spook. Yeah. Like, so obviously they could pull the wool over their eyes, over people's eyes a lot. It, you know, it's a more innocent age. So, like, nobody would buy this guy now. As you watch it, it's crazy. He's standing there with a microphone in his face. Smiling, says, oh, by the way. Yeah, smiling. And he says, oh, well, you know, we have ways of doing things. You know, the Ku Klux Klan, we are a terrorist organization, and we've got terrorist <laughs> ways of doing things. They're like, yeah, thank you very much for your input, Mr. Federal Agent. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. How Go- ironic. How ironic is it that a spook's wearing a KKK outfit? I know. Yeah, it is kind of funny, isn't but it? But it's yeah. not even white. It's black. What was that about? Uh, he wasn't black. Oh, no, it was red. It's red. They have red <laughs> oh, ones, It's a red too. one. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah. okay. It was um, a black and white one. Yeah, yeah. It was a black and white video, yeah. Um, but uh, what's it called? So anyway, so, so he's the... So, okay, how big of a part of the Beatles mythology is that quote? You know what I mean? It's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the MK Ultra conditioning that is uh, the Beatlemania. Like, Beatlemania is bullshit, dude. They're not that good of a band. Nobody cared that much that they scream. But it's fucking retarded. Yeah. That's clearly a psyop. Or Elvis. Yeah, it's clearly a fucking psyop. Yeah, Elvis too. I mean, Elvis is pretty good. Elvis I'm not gonna was lie. good. Elvis I pretty scream when I see yeah. Elvis. <laughs> you throw your panties <laughs> on the stage when um, Elvis performs. Elvis was yeah, the Elvis real rules. deal, though. And yeah. uh, the, oh, okay. Oh, Elvis is the real deal. Hell yeah, right. dude. I, I'll stand by that one. Um, I mean, I'm sure he, I mean, he was definitely fucked with by the. Oh, yeah. What his boss, well, his but, fucking his the the guy that Tom Hanks plays in the fucking new Elvis biopic was in the mob. Yeah, Colonel, yeah. Colonel, he's in the fucking uh, mob. Whatever. What is the mob? The mob's the CIA. Yeah, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um what's it called though anyway so um fucking uh yeah so so he's that's he's at the center of that he's also at the center of um he introduced uh Lou Reed to the Andy Warhol who put on the Velvet Underground created punk rock right here I'm on fucking his wiki page um it says Quote, in 2014, the New York Times said, you could make a convincing case that without Danny Fields, punk rock would not have happened. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he also, this is another thing. So the, I watched this documentary Danny says about him. At the very beginning of the movie, it says, like, you know, he's Danny G- F- Fine Kike. And um, he uh, <laughs> he fucking, uh, his, he goes like, he was born in 1939. And he said, quote, unquote, my dad was in and out of the war. And they cut to a quick photo of his father, who resembles him, um, wearing an officer's outfit in the military. I don't know what branch, possibly someone who's better at military uh, paraphernalia would know than me. But um, you you're, not, you're good at military paraphernalia, just not American military Correct. And specifically one era I'm very familiar with, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but anyway, so the, it just strikes me as weird that, first of all, Jews aren't great soldiers. So I'm, I'm pressing X to doubt on him being a fucking guy carrying a rifle onto the beaches um and second of all um in and out of the war that's not really how wars work yeah that sounds like intelligence sounds like you're brought in 
for a job than yeah. maybe or again. maybe you're consulting you're you're actually doing work in um in washington there uh, there were people in intelligence who never left washington sure. you know without a doubt uh never mind Nutella. it could have just doesn't have to be the oss it could have been fucking navy intelligence just like henry rollins's dad you know um but anyway right. could have been a scientist he was a doctor, and uh, and uh, which is a weird thing for a, a guy who's in an officer in the military to be. But what do I know? Um, well, yeah, they do have lots of doctors in the military, and they're all officers. Okay, whatever. They need them because people get hurt and sick and stuff. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Jews, no. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so anyway, so yeah, so he was at the center of that. Okay, here's the other thing. Throughout the documentary, they keep cutting to um, uh, audio recordings of phone calls in 1971. Now, I know you were only one years old when this happened, William, but I don't know. Yeah. Do, do you know if it was commonplace for people to video audio tape their own phone calls about no, about the weather and shit? I mean, had no. the compact cassette even been... They showed the tape. No. They showed the tape yeah. on the screen and actually spinning. So it was a real... Was that commercial... Was that for commercial use, though, at that point? I don't know. But regardless, it's very funny. And it's very... It's it, very uh, weird, It yeah. sounds like something an That's agent crazy. would do, is record vi audio Bonkers. tapes of yeah. uh, Iggy Pop saying... Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm back on the methadone again, and fucking Danny Fields is like, oh, really? Why'd you tank it again? And then Iggy Pop's like, Iggy Pop's like, um, like I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and it's like this is a weird tape to have, Danny Fields. Yeah. Like, just like why? And then there's another one. He's like, oh yeah, I was a really great friends with Nico, and it starts playing a tape. Of him, and he goes like, "Hi, Nico. How are you?" Um, and that's how he talks. It's a pretty good impression of him, honestly. Um, Hi, Dave. Uh, he's a gay Jew from New York. Um, but uh, it's like, and Nico's like, Nico's like, "Oh, Danny, I miss you so much. Uh, how is the weather there?" And it's just like, what a weird tape to have still. And then he later it says they play. There's an audio tape of him in his apartment playing a um, a recording of the Ramones for the first time to Lou Reed, and Lou Reed's clearly on coke. And he's like, like, oh man, these guys are great. This is like a real rock and roll attitude. Like, and it's just like, what a we. He has his house rigged up for sound. Yeah, it's in weird. 1975. What a weird thing. Like, this guy's a fucking agent. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Um, what yeah, else? Who would have thought to do that? Who would have thought to have done that other than Jeffrey Epstein? Age? Jeffrey, literally Jeffrey well, Epstein. Well, yeah. well, 40, 30 years later, yeah. when, when that kind of stuff was more just, you know, the concept of, of having that kind of technology in your house makes sense. Right. You know, like, but it sounds like paranoid schizophrenia. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like somebody is. Or a guy who's creating like, dossiers on people that he needs to keep right. up on what their fucking movements are, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm down. And if I'm they're, down. if they're, uh, you know, compromisable because they're, say, hooked to heroin. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. Yeah. So um, what else? There's a couple crazy more details shit, that man. are really fucking crazy about uh, Danny Fields. We're all um, going to die tonight. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Of, of AIDS. <laughs> Retro AIDS. You woke up. 
<laughs> Your yeah, arm hurts. We, and you we're going to get AIDS from just talking about this. True. This is a, the <laughs> one of the gayest people ever. Also, yeah, I sent um, William a uh, a screenshot of the movie while I was watching it on Amazon, and it was an interview with Danny Fields in his apartment, I assume, and it had a painting. I think it's a painting by Mike Diana, the like weirdo art schizo guy, and it's like a disembodied dick. I knew his brother, Princess. Good bit. Um, it's a disembodied. <laughs> it's a disembodied cock that's spurting cum out of the tip and blood out of the cut off other end. Yeah. And right. underneath, it's a little boy and little girl. A little it's boy. Jack push, and Jill it's Jack and Jill, hill. but he's pushing her in a in a wheelbarrow, and she's nude. Hmm. Yeah. It's mm. a fucked up. I'm like interesting taste in art there. Danny. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Interesting how it all goes back. It all goes back to sucking blood out of children, fucking them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, hang on a sec. There's a couple more things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, pedophilia seems to be an ongoing, growing phenomenon oh, in this yeah, country. Yeah. Well, it's a great way to compromise people, isn't it? Well, anyway, so I mentioned before that uh, the the MC5 and the the White Panther Party, which was clearly a COINTEL pro op that was organized by John Sinclair, um, who, uh, like I said, was like a cause celebre um, in the '60s uh, when he gave Gordon, L despite having known Gordon Liddy for many years, he gave Gordon Liddy in a very obviously fake wig two joints. Um, and went away for seven years. And it was seven years, two joints was like this motto they had. And uh, he ended up getting out, actually, ab after all these people like John Lennon, fucking Bob Dylan all got together and shit. Um, it's very interesting, considering yeah. the fact that he was very guilty, guilty, so guilty of organizing a fucking bombing of a draft center. Um, right. And also uh, the MC5, like I said, Wayne, Wayne Kramer, the singer of the band, is interviewed in this movie about Danny Fields. And he goes, um, he goes, yeah, uh, I trusted Danny with everything. You know, I had no idea that there were these deep economic forces that could get your record on the radio that could, you know, get your name in the papers that could like right. get your face on TV. And, I, and that's what I needed Danny for. And I'm like, yeah. could you say it more? Could you say it more on this fuck? I couldn't. I, I, like, that's what I meant when I said my brain's fucking exploding right now. Like, yeah. I can't believe they're being so blatant that this guy is like, like Jesus. And um, what was I going to say? Also, yeah. Well, that's what they want. Yeah, go ahead. It's like everyone's dead. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but also they were the well, band that was on dead. stage. I mean, dead, right? They were also I the just, band. I, I no, he's alive. To see, I wish to so. see I come up with some good music again. Then that would be nice. <laughs> Something that makes it <laughs> more heroin. That's where we're going. Oh, there's plenty yeah, of heroin. heroin. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. But it's not being used properly. That's true. Um, it's but, being cut. Yeah, I was going to say we, uh, we need better drugs. We need more uncut coke and heroin, and it'll fuel a better. You're art right. That is generate. what we need. That probably, yeah. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not say not. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, I, I, I'm done. I got it off my chest. You guys, uh, you've broken me. I've now completely collapsed into schizoid personality disorder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, it kind of hits like home it. when it's, it's a bit close to home for you, isn't it, Scott? I think this whole 
Yeah, the fact you identified as a punk. Oh yeah, yeah, very the, much. You've, you've looked into it and you realize it's fake and gay. Yeah, it really well, was a it moment. Was a yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's an idea for the youth. It's a yeah. youthful of uh, fantasy. Yeah, I mean, and then when you some... get older, it's like it's not real. It's just it was just fake. It was just to get me through those teenage years. Yeah, yeah. really though. And then they try to get the point is to get all that energy. Um, of, of potential young white men working together energy. Um, and they're trying to... <laughs> the best time. Yeah, obviously. And they're trying to funnel that into running around in a circle and punching each other. Right. <laughs> and they did. It worked. And they punched, they punched the shit out of each other. But also, there was, uh, you know, uh, clothing stores sold clothes. Yeah, you yeah. still I buy mean, Ramon's you know, t-shirt at Walmart, bro. Dude, yeah, dude, you can go to uh, you know Hot Topic is like is is like a leftover in incel. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just like you can buy wristbands, you can get. I mean, everything. There was such a the fashion was very specific for certain genres, and that's what sold. You know, that's what made money for it, for, for you know yeah. they were they were doing their job. Well, it's a capitalist yeah. realism. Uh, well, even, you know, you you literally capitalism wins every time. Capitalist realism People is the agree. idea that they take they take like your distrust of your natural inborn distrust of the system and they sell it to you. Right. They sell you the accessories necessary for you to participate in criticizing capitalism. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or they sell you an American flag. Shake of our poster. At the same time. Shake of our poster. Yeah. 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 For sure. Anyway. I mean, what's country music other than trying to sell America to people? You know, it used to be about beating your wife and being a blackout drunk out and drug right. addict. But now it's yeah. like America. Yeah. Hey, shit, I wonder who crayon. took over. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Anthony, what would you like to promote to the home history homos audience? I'd like to promote the sex pistols. Get into them if you're a kid. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Get on, that, get on that bandwagon. Become an anarchist, bro. Uh, I'm going to be with Mike Vecchione this weekend. Oh, he's great. He's unbelievable. One of the best guys working in the business. That's uh, at the casino, Mohegan Sun in the Poconos in nice. uh, Wilkes Park, Pennsylvania. Uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday night. And uh, November 5th, I'll be in Vineland, New Jersey at Bob Levy's Club with Kevin Brennan. Awesome. Me yeah. and Don Jameson. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah, a fucking so lineup a right there. That's a fucking the, lineup right there. Is this Bob going on? Bob is not going to be there. I oh, think it's going to be Kevin. Or Bob might be hosting. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Bob See, is I, unbelievable. Uh, dude, he was on our no, show two weeks ago. He's our. He's a great friend of ours. Right. But you got to see best. him. He's great on, on podcasting, but you got to see him live as, as a comic. It's unbelievable. Gotcha. Right. So you, you, you're getting some pretty good bookings in spite of being cut off by... Uh, uh, powerhouse of entertainment uh, in, in certain New York studio. <laughs> certain well, middle-aged women that uh, won't let things can, go. Well, listen, G, listen, he, 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 he never had control over what I did for work. That's why he was angry at me because I was working with Dixon. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as much as I'm a friend of his, which I still, I'm a friend of his, I've been, I've known him for too long. I don't condone, you know, what everybody does all the time, but, but um, 
you know, I work where I want to work, who I like to work well, with. Well, like spiraling, like spiraling yeah. like a fucking alcoholic piece of shit who deserves <laughs> nothing but the worst in the world. Well, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like to each, like again, like I just, I, I, I had my beef with them. I squashed it. Yeah, um, listen, to no, each I'm their- not here to make enemies. No, 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 it's I'm not here to to, to read old making, shit. Making a dumb joke, saying uh, uh, admiring the excellent uh, bookies you've got. It sounds, it Thanks, sounds fun. It sounds like you're having a good time. <laughs> I know what moment. you were doing? Yeah. Hey, listen, I love you guys, man. I always, I'll come back anytime you guys want me. Absolutely. Um, you guys, have, oh, how's you? Are you still doing your garage show? The the fix your car it's, show. Uh, we're between seasons at the moment. Oh, cool. How many shows you have in the bank already? Uh, so I think it's. First season was, I don't know, was it eight 10 or 10 or something? Yeah. Might be eight. I got to yeah, check yeah, those yeah. out, man. You Jim Carr State of Mind on YouTube. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I like that. And Scott, of course, you're fucking, you're hysterical, dude. You make me laugh. No, I love you Every too, time Anthony. I'm on here. Yeah. Insanity. I love the insanity that, that, that you guys, I mean, you take a simple thing yeah. and it just becomes. <laughs> Ruin it. Yeah. yeah you, just, you just give me nightmares for fucking months. Um, I'm glad I have that impact on you imagine what it must be like actually being us it's awful it's literally (laughs) nightmarish it's like I (laughs) it's literally found each other I think I think one of you is a spook maybe I don't know I went to boarding school true that and you're a Jew chill don't put that on me my dad's a Jew That's right. You're not technically a Jew. That's right. Um, but uh, anyway, so for us, www.historyalmost.com or find us wherever you find podcasts. Also, we're on Odyssey and BitChute and most importantly, Rockfin. That's www.rockfin. That's R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash historyhomos. And you get this episode. You get all the episodes prior with Anthony. And there are a bunch, by the way. He's the first yeah. video episode we ever had. Yeah. You were the first the guy the with the Henry VIII episode. That's very early oh, on yeah, in the fucking awesome. series. So, um, what a good time. Yep. That was a great episode. That completely changed our thinking about a lot of things as well, didn't it? That's true. Well, yeah. mine, anyway, like how, because that was at a time when uh, I'd totally fallen out, out with the Church of England. And That's then, right. Finding out about its origins, I realized, oh, it was it was always like this. Yeah, it wasn't. It yeah. isn't a recent iteration yeah. that became sucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, and also most importantly, uh, what's it called? Uh, at, at Rockfin, uh, you get all those free episodes, of course. And you also, if you are so generous, and or if you like the show, you can support us by uh, giving a small monthly donation, and you get access to all of our bonus episodes, including a few with Anthony, by the way. And uh, also, as a bonus, you get access to all the other. Cre- creators on rockfin as well um also if you want to just support the show you can give us a tip there i don't i think you do have to sign up but at any rate that's the best way to directly support us on the show or uh you can order a t-shirt uh by emailing me at historyhomos at gmail.com to get one of these fine pieces of merch because we're a merch servative show and we sell t-shirts that (laughs) say really cool stuff like pay um like tax poor people yeah. Because that's a really right wing thing to do. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, what's it called? Uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, it's a, it's insane that that's a fucking take. It's retarded. Are you fucking retarded? The Republicans are the poorer people. Why would you tax the poor, asshole? Right. 
Uh, anyway. <laughs> Fuck, dude. They're about no taxes, not more ta- Fucking God damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let us have, let us keep some money. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Scott's Scott's on the edge tonight. I am a little. Well, dude, Danny Danny Feinberg, dude, put me over. Fucking (laughs) Danny Field. Listen, man, I'm a fucking race car and I'm in the red right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all right. I'm in the red. I'm in the red right now. Um, Anyway. uh, Wait till you have your your next guest on talking about some faggot shit like the Renaissance movement. Fuck that bullshit. We find a way to make it about the Jews. Don't worry. Uh, Well, there were, you know, true. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. So uh, and also join us at our group chat um, to meet the people who are going to be your cellmates in Guantanamo Bay. T.me slash history homos chat. And yeah, it's a growing movement. Join the fucking way. But baby, and uh, get into the ground floor of the next uh, big um, uh, right wing conspiracy theory. Yeah, set up false flag. I was gonna say something that might have put me on a list, so I'm just gonna stop. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, check was- out uh, t.me slash cheap car state of mind for all the cheap car state of there mind you go. bits. And uh, die with dignity, William. What do you want to say to the peeps? I love Jesus. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Later, homos. Yes, that's what my case that is just another tape, but I'm not a country mistake. But I'm not a rock of nasty chases. You're most of this about my bits on the mothers. So if I ask for a mountain clash, I'm a revolutionist, just some cash. I've become a fashion like him, we used to be.